Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, production of iHeartRadio. I actually do have a question today. Annie, are you ready for it? <gasps> yes. No. Yes. All right. So we are coming around elections and I just need to know, are you actually watching any of these debates? No. Uh no, I am not watching them. I will watch highlights the next day mm-hmm. and I'll I'll read kind of the main points what they are. But I feel like and more power to to my friends who've been watching them and tell me how miserable it's been. Uh I I feel like I that's more misery than it's worth. Like right. I can get the the point. I already know we, I feel like most of us already know what you're going to get out of that debate. Right. I mean, right. and it was worse than I even imagined the first one was. Um, well, did you did you imagine the fly? I, I did not notoriety? imagine the fly. And like last night on Twitter, I saw like fly, the fly was trending and I thought it was the movie. And I was like, oh, are they remaking <laughs> that too? And then no, there's a fly on Mike Pence's head for two minutes and it's called Flygate yeah. because of course, 2020 does not stop. <laughs> Everything's a gate of sorts. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I don't watch many of the debates. It makes me physically nauseous, sometimes just hearing voices of specific people. But uh, I've definitely been watching when people are playing the drinking game. Have you oh, seen yeah. these? Have you participated in any of those? Um, not for this or the previous election cycle, but with Obama. I think it was State of the Union. I would play the State of the Union drinking games and that can get you pretty quick. I like, so my co-host over on Saver has a really good drinking game rule where you alternate, drink responsibly everybody, where you alternate between an alcoholic drink and a water. And I think that's a good way to make sure you don't get absolutely hammered. (laughs) Right. There's definitely all the cards and the bingo games and it's all been very interesting. But today we are talking a little bit more about politics for our Monday mini. So bear with us because on Friday, September 18th, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. And and honestly, the pain in the morning that I felt that night and the next day was super surprising even to me, even though I knew it would be a big deal and everybody's kind of been holding their breath for this. Um, But beyond just the implication of her death, the overall loss of her voice was significant to me. I don't know how you felt. I know you, I texted you that night. I was like, yeah. I just went, <laughs> like, and I think yeah. that was the favorite word of the entire Twitter. It was just that one word yeah. um, because it was really, really just, for the lack of better terms, not only the timing of it, yeah. but just the overall heaviness of losing someone who so many people looked up to. Yeah. And and please note, we know she's not perfect. And we said this previously. We said this before. I definitely disagreed with some of her decisions and her censures as of recent. um, But she made a difference. And she fought for women's rights and equality. um, And she did fight for LGBTQ rights. And saying her passing is a loss to many doesn't negate things that she has done that that we don't agree with. We don't agree with any... I don't think there's anybody that I've ever 100% agreed with. Yeah. Um, um, But please... Give people the right to be able to feel loss and pain. And we'll also give the right to people who feel angry that they are that way. But to diminish someone's hurt or someone's loss is enabling this whole idea of the lack of compassion and empathy for others. And and we don't want to become that nation. And we're slowly becoming that nation, mm-hmm. not because we want to, but because of the current leadership. And I don't, I would hate for that to be an overall resolve for people who we have a lot of commonalities with. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, and I'm a big believer. I know I've talked about it before. I'm a big believer that you should be aware of people's faults and what they were good at too and remembering the whole round person. 
but that doesn't mean it won't hurt. And then on top of that, she did represent, she was a symbol almost. Um, and the loss of that, coupled with all of this uncertainty right now, and especially for marginalized groups and, and for women who did look up to her and did see her as iconic, and then for her to die was sad on a personal level, but also just on a national level and also just on a women's rights level. And what does this mean going forward? Because it's generations mm-hmm. going to be shaped by this. So right. it, it was very heavy. It was very, very heavy. Um. Yeah, and it's not just her death, uh, the death of Senator John Lewis this year, and then Elijah Cummings last year, and John McCain's death the year before. There's been a lot of loss that affected the political climate. Um, We lost, you know, I definitely did not agree with John McCain, but he was one of the more middle ground voices that we needed and that held truth to his beliefs and not just falling into party lines. And um, Losing him was significant. For, for all and what he did for the country, um, not necessarily his policies, but just in general as in the military and however you want to look at that. And that's a whole different conversation we could have about what does the military do and is it truly protection or is it bullying? You know, that could be a conversation in itself. Um, but he served uh, for the betterment at that point in time. And, uh, and uh, you know, he was a POW and that's important as well that we talk about the trauma that he he endured and came back and still with an attitude of serving. And we know that his wife um, has recently come out in support of Biden because she stood on the same ground that he did with his opinions about what was happening in the political climate. And for us in Atlanta, John Lewis's death was so significant as he represented a portion of the metro Atlanta area and fought for civil rights and uh, voters' rights of the country. And his life and death left a huge mark, uh, specifically for us down here in the South. Um, yeah. And everywhere, of course, but she, he, he has fought and fought and fought mm-hmm. for the betterment of our city, uh, for our uh, state as well, and representing our needs on the federal level. And his funeral and his memorial service was watched from afar, even on TV, to celebrate his life and his works. And I think that's significant to who he was as well. And we wanted to talk about what it looks like to grieve people we don't know, mm-hmm. but our political, um, I guess, in this political climate for those involved in politics and how to do it in a way that doesn't idolize someone. Right. Or like this is not canon. We're not saying they should canonize in anything, but they did do stuff that is significant that has impacted us on a personal level, whether we want to admit or not admit, because these laws and policies affect us. Um, and I think it's also significant that we're talking about not necessarily with Elijah Cumming, obviously, and John McCain, but during the pandemic in trying to feel loss and grief. And we've talked about that on the personal level that. And it's coming into more and more conversation, especially as of recent uh, with all the White House outbreak. Mm -hmm. The inability to mourn and grieve and be with our families when we lose someone, uh, when when they die, and why that is such a significant impact on the trauma that's going to cause our nation Mm -hmm. and what this looks like. And honestly, one of the biggest setbacks with that is um, having to... (laughs) watch all of these other deaths and watching this again in a way that feels so removed. Yeah. 
And as in fact, a Washington Post article highlighted how funerals like RBGs and John Lewis was a time not only to mourn for them, but oftentimes for the people who we may have lost personally. Right. I don't know. How do you feel about that, Annie? Because I know that this may, because I have not lost anyone that I know of to COVID as of yet. Um, and I feel fortunate in that. And I know some of our, a lot of our listeners have already experienced this and I cannot yeah. imagine that pain. And I know you've experienced this as well with your aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like this article was kind of on point in that, yes, a lot of the people that have been able to say, yes, we went to this gathering, not necessarily for these people, mm-hmm. but for our own losses. Yeah, I think um, there is a catharsis in sharing grief with people who cared about the person that you've lost. And when my aunt died, I could not go to the funeral um, and it was small. And there was just this feeling of like, did it really happen? Like I kept thinking like maybe... I don't know, maybe some strange dream and maybe she is alive and um, almost feeling unable to mourn her. Like sometimes it would just hit me like, oh yeah, I guess I guess she's gone. And then I can totally see like if we are experiencing that all around the world and then we have these people that we didn't know, but we did see on TV and we knew what they were doing and we respected them and felt like we knew them. And you are able to grieve with other people. And through that, you can let yourself grieve for maybe the people that you hadn't been able to in your own life um, up until that point. I think it's interesting, too, because they talk about, I mean, putting it frankly, this has been a pile of a year for many. (laughs) Yeah. And for those of us in the country, and not just in this country, in the world, as more and more things have happened, whether people are still dealing with fires in California and the unfortunate aspects of being removed from their home, displaced from their home during the time of COVID. People are being kicked out of their homes because they cannot afford rent. And obviously, we don't have any assistance to be able to live. Um, people have lost jobs. The economy is quickly tanking at this point in time. And, and it's not only are we mourning these losses of people, we're mourning a way of life. We're mourning what we thought was democracy at one point in time. Of course, again, that's a bigger conversation of why does the electoral college not work and what is it holding up specifically and why we need to take another look at what is happening, how we do our own government and how we vote and what's counted. All of those things, you know, between that and trying to fight to have D.C. to be a statehood as it should be, between looking at Puerto Rico as an actual statehood as well and as part of equal uh, voice in voting as well and all of these things, there's big conversation and there's a feeling of loss a feeling of failure because we feel like we're going backwards. I don't know, maybe that's just me, especially in our lifetime when we thought we'd made so much headway that we're slowly digressing and it's, it, it's seeming like we're losing ourselves in that and having to deal with that and, and failure in itself can be a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and as in fact, in the article, a person states, I'm not just mourning her being RBG, I'm mourning our country and what's becoming of us. And that's kind of that whole sentiment to me. Like, I also see good, of course, and I'm mm-hmm. really trying to cling to that hopefulness. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest part that we wanted to say when when the death of RBG happened. The things that we posted were specific to continuing a fight and continuing yeah. to hope. And that's what we wanted to push forward. But it's sometimes really hard. <laughs> and in that fight, we have to also allow ourselves to mourn <laughs> and allow us to sit in loss and under, try to figure out our own feelings because we can't hide it. 
and yeah. we can't push it back because it's inevitable. It's happening. It's happening. This is reality. <laughs> yeah. Even though it doesn't feel like it sometimes. God. <laughs> there are days. Yeah. Just hide away in my Switch now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Samantha has acquired a Nintendo Switch. Yes. And now I'm just hide away in Luigi's Mansion with fake ghosts. <laughs> Sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of have a moment to have, and this is a little dated, I guess, now. It's been almost a month, but we we are in that conversation. We are having those conversations and we are thinking about the loss of things that have happened this year, pushing through to work out these feelings for ourselves. And I, know, I hope you all are as well, because it's important that we push through and and sit and understand it and acknowledge it and then move on because you have to. So remember, grieve if you need to and allow others to do the same. Yes, yes. And we are here for you in the podcast world and <laughs> you can contact us. We would love to hear from you. Um, our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You or on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. Thanks as always to our super producers, JJ Posway and Andrew Howard. Thanks, guys. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 